All right. Well, I guess we're live. How's it going, Lauren? Good. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Uh, hopefully both our YouTube and Facebook audience get a chance to see our conversation here. I wanted to bring you on as one of the first guests of the Everdara's podcast. I noticed you were following me. I did some research on you. I, I found you pretty fascinating. Um, and I really wanted to have a conversation with you. The way the way the Introverts R Us podcast is designed is just to have a conversation. It's not necessarily an interview. Don't feel like you're being interviewed. But I want to learn and I want my audience to learn a lot about you. Um, but at the same time, you can bring up any topics you want. You can ask me questions. And that's just how it goes. So how's that sound? Yeah, I think it's a good deal. All right, Lauren. So let's, before we get into some of the introverty type of topics too, you know, that's topical for this audience. How about you just tell the, tell me, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, whatever you want. This isn't an interview. Like I said, just, just tell us a little bit about you uh, and just give us some background. Yeah. So I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm born and raised. My dad's originally from there. My mom's from Memphis. So um, just was raised in a pretty big family in the sense I was the youngest of three, but I'm really connected with just aunts and uncles and cousins galore. Um, so actually when I chose to come out to LA when I was a senior in high school, it was a really big culture shock just to be um, separated from family kind of all of a sudden and just kind of growing through that. It was a big shock, but I decided to come out and play basketball at UCLA actually. Um, and honestly, that, that experience has just been life-changing. Um, today I talked to you, I have graduated officially. Um, I did four years there, but I ended up graduating early with my bachelor's. And so I did finish this year with my master's in education. Um, and so it was just a super experience just to get to be on the team, be on scholarship. And so to get to experience two degrees from the number one public university is like a dream come true. And so I got to experience so much on that team, learn so much about myself and just get to experience things outside of basketball as well as within the game itself. And so um, it really has brought me so many different opportunities that I wouldn't even thought. And even just discovering what being an introvert is and finding the Instagram page itself all is for sure an attribute to the program itself. Got it. So you, you moved to LA uh, when you were a senior, you said? I was really right when I graduated. So I was 18 oh, and okay. packed up and started college out here. Okay, so you moved here. You knew already you're going to UCLA yeah. with a scholarship. Okay, gotcha. So you didn't grow up in in Cali. Yeah. I did. I did. I'm from I'm from Cali. I don't live in LA. I, I'm from Northern California, but uh, that's cool. So you moved to LA to play basketball. Were you were you scouted? Like how did how did how did you find yourself at US, UCLA? Was it mostly academics or was it mostly sport? Was it both? How did that happen? Yeah, so um, with sports especially now, but definitely on the basketball end, um, travel basketball is huge. And so I'd been playing um, with the travel team since I was in about sixth grade. And so um, recruiting started in about eighth grade where it really picked up where you were getting mail and scholarship offers start to come in and just the conversation with schools picks up. And so it kind of, it just gets more and more intense as the years go on. So junior year was really when all the offers kind of began to lay out on the table and really had to evaluate where I wanted to spend my four years of college. Um, but yeah, I think it was definitely sports, definitely paid the whole bill, but um, education was such a big part of like where I wanted to go. And we knew that I wanted to be able to compete at a really high level, but at the same time, I wanted to be able to finish and whether I played professionally or not, I wanted to have the best education provided and be able to feel like I left with like a degree with some weight to it. And so that was definitely the best part about UCLA is that, I mean, it's the best of both worlds. You get the best education, yeah. the sports are out of this world. And then being in LA is just an extra bonus on top. So it really did provide everything that I needed within that. And it did not hurt. I was on a full ride at all. <laughs> oh my Lord. That is such, I mean, that's amazing. So for me, like I didn't get a scholarship or anything like that, but I'm in the air force. So the, the air force has paid for all my education as well. So yeah. honestly, I feel so fortunate. Yeah that I've also had all of my, uh, all of my education paid for. It's like such a burden is lift yeah. off your shoulders because nowadays so many people are living in like academic debt for decades or whatever. So honestly, I think your focus on education, 
focus on, I mean, not focus, but the benefit of not having to live in student death is you're set up in such an amazing way, uh, which is, which is fascinating because if you do have professional sports aspirations, I mean, let's be honest, it doesn't happen to most people. So having such a solid foundation in education, like is, is great, uh, for you. But having said that though, I mean, you just finished, up at UCLA, I'm curious what are what what are your aspirations or plans now? Uh, whether it's in sports or or the professional corporate world or something like that, like what's what's next on your plate? Yeah, so I'm actually I've known for a couple of years I didn't want to play professionally. I just um, I feel like I spent a lot of my life playing basketball, and I just I really wanted to kind of start getting into whatever else was out there for me, and just kind of navigating yeah. that side of Lauren without basketball being such a big part of my identity. Um, and right. so I'm super passionate just about um, social and racial justice. And so this last year in the program, I got to start what we called More Than a Dream. Um, and it was like a diversity initiative. So it was creating education curriculums. We were doing different like events and just activities with our teammates and posting things on our social media platform. Um, it was just a really big chance to kind of start what I want to be able to do in long, long term, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion work. Um, which is actually interesting that you talked about just the social media marketing and stuff. Cause a lot of the careers I'm kind of looking at now and trying to figure out applying to, like we've realized the power of social media and just being able to combine the two worlds is just something that wasn't available years ago, but that it's yeah. really where things are going now. Um, so that's even something that I'm looking into now. And so I'm actually working with my program now um, and doing like part-time stuff. So I'm doing some content creation and photography is one of my previous hobbies, but now we're trying to see, can I make it, a little bit bigger right. and more relevant into what I do. So I'm helping with pictures, um, making videos, um, but also continuing like the diversity initiative and kind of helping build that out further. So when I officially leave the program, it's kind of more self-sufficient. Um, but yeah, that's why I found that crazy that you talked about that because that's definitely something that um, we're working on building that skill with me just so when it's time for me to step into more full-time stuff, I kind of have that skill under my belt because it is so prevalent today and there's so many job opportunities when it comes to social media managing and just the marketing right. front. Yeah. Yeah. So my career was, has been, uh, you know, I, I joined the air force when I was 20. I, I worked for the air force and the department of defense for six years. Then I actually got out for a little bit and then I did six years of social media marketing. And okay. then last March, 2020, I got back in the air force. So now I'm back in the air force. So yeah, I've, I've had two careers. Basically I've bounced between, which is the air force and in social media marketing. So yeah, like, I understand kind of where you're coming from. And I definitely, um, at another time, I could give you a lot of advice and a lot of connections as yeah. well. Uh, like I said, I think offline to you, I have 30,000 followers on LinkedIn and they're all in the social media marketing world. Okay. My entire, like I said, my entire personal brand other than introverts are us and the other pages I run is on the social media marketing side. So definitely if there's anything I can do, we can, we can talk about, connections I can make for you and, and stuff like that potentially, uh, in the, the marketing world, if you're looking to get into that. Yeah. Um, I, I do find that interesting that you're like, you already know you're self-aware, very, very introverted. Honestly, you're very like self-aware of who you are, kind of what you want, what's intrinsically valuable to you. And for you, obviously one of the things is, is social justice and things like that. So, you know, you want to get into that and maybe that's bring you more fulfillment in some ways and maybe basketball or something could um like at what, what so tell me more about that like what are the things that are intrinsically valuable to you or fulfilling to you in life um you know introverts like to go deep and talk deep yeah. about that stuff yeah. uh, like how wh when and how did you learn what things have provoked you to know like ah oh, basketball is, is, a, is a cool hobby it's it's, yeah. uh, it's been a part of my life but it's not necessarily part of my identity or not need to be part of my identity moving forward, but X, Y, and Z are, and that's the path I want to pursue. Yeah. What could you tell me about those realizations you've had? Yeah. And honestly, um, and my coach who I'm super close with, she's kind of become a mentor to me. She laughed because I remember like my freshman, sophomore year, I remember talking and I was like, I feel like I'm having an identity crisis. And she's like, people don't really have that at 18 and 19, but I just remember like I was even coming into college. I knew like, 
basketball wasn't going to be my end-all be-all. And my coaches all understood, like, I didn't want to play professionally, but there was still just this constant warning of, like, this is all I've really known. This is what's brought me to college. This is what's been my status for my entire life. I started playing when I was six years old, and that was my claim to fame in St. Louis. When I went to UCLA, that was what I was known as. Um, But I knew, like, I knew there was more behind the scenes to who I was, and I knew I wanted there to be more on the forefront, but there was just this constant wrestling, I think, from just playing so long of like, well, who is that person? Like, what does that look like? And so when people ask, well, who are you beyond basketball? It was kind of like, I don't know much. Like, I hang out with friends. Like, I'm casual, but like, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, I think that's been another beneficial part of just being at UCLA. And I was able to discover that maybe I don't want to be an attorney. I don't really want to chase the paychecks of law, but I do want to make an impact. Like, I do want to change things. And um, I've seen like the power of the relationships I've experienced with coaches and just with different mentor figures in my life. Um, and so I think that's been able to help me kind of peel back the layers of understanding um, just how much it matters to me to be impactful. And I'm always seen as like the mother goose of whatever space I'm in. And so my teammates mm-hmm. have really taken to me in that same role. Um, and so I knew that I, I kind of wanted to do that, but just in a more broad impact. Like I want to have that impact. And yeah. we always talk about leaving spaces better than when you found them and so um that's something i knew i wanted to do on a bigger level and so i'm super relational like and that's just how i am where i'm i seem shy like most introverts i seem shy when you meet me um but then once we actually start hanging out i'm comfortable like i'm buying gifts all the time for people and i'm trying to remember random things that you said to me um and just things of that nature and i i just really want to tend to people and so for me it was like how do I do that? But on a professional scale. And so that's where really last year, especially kind of made me come to that epiphany of, okay, well, I'm really passionate about this, the climate that the nation's in and I've been raised enough to be racially conscious. And so, but now how can I spin this and kind of help bring reconciliation? And I think it kind of helped me be able to bridge that. I don't have to completely walk away from sports to be able to do that, but I just don't have to be an athlete to do that. And so that's been where it's a cool chance right now to kind of get to bridge those two worlds, but still get to walk in what I feel like is more of my call and purpose just to kind of tend to and serve and like love people well, but I don't have to do that as a basketball player. You know, something just came to mind that I think is, I'm sure on your, you've thought about and your community has thought about as well is actually on the women's rights side. Uh, the, uh, the topic of like equal pay and stuff like that, you know, I think it's complicated um, because I think some of the arguments, I think fairly some yeah. arguments like against it, not against equal pay, but the fact that some women get paid less women, athletes get paid less than men is just, they don't have the viewership, yeah. uh, which makes sense. And then there's yeah. not as many sponsors, which makes sense. So like, there's some, there's, I think clearly some, some like business, um, logic to it but the point is is like it's that's just part of a larger broad like you said even uh topic of just women's rights and things like that too yeah. so i i feel like there's maybe some synergy there too or, or maybe a platform for you either on the women's rights side and or on um social justice side yeah. of you can be like i've been like you know, I've been a, a, a female athlete at a prestigious college and stuff like that. You, you already, I mean, in addition to being African-American, you have a lot of different perspectives that I feel like whether you're an athlete anymore or not, it's a, it's a, it's a, a stepping stone. It's a, it's a platform that you could pivot from the, or even just leverage the women's athlete side to get into social justice in in broad terms like have you thought about have you thought about that or what are your thoughts on that in general yeah no I think definitely and it's been kind of ironic just with everything else that happened last year and then being at the NCAA tournament this year when everything hit the internet with the weight rooms being different from the men's right and stuff like that yeah I think that's where people were really starting to see the as different as the conversations are, they, like you said, they kind of run the same path. And social media exposed it, right? Again, it's a tool, right? Yeah. And so I think that was the biggest. And like you said, I think that was a chance where you realize certain voices have to be promoted. And so to be a black female athlete, you have an intersectional experience that a white woman athlete's not having, that a white male athlete's really not having. 
Um, And so I think that's definitely the best, especially about me starting more than a dream with our women's basketball program. That's already a platform that you're going to understand that as much as we're talking about social justice, like this still pertains to, we haven't even began to unpack the issues with on the gender side. And so I think, yeah, that's just huge. And so my coach is actually one of the people on the board that's trying to work with the NCAA and figuring out the gender equality issues. Um, But I think you're going to see a lot of things that kind of run the same path as you fix one, the other is going to be revealed and vice versa, really. You know, something that's incredibly good news that is definitely broader than racial justice and gender justice is yesterday did the NCAA just announce that athletes can now make money off their likeness and sponsorships. Like this is, I'm not huge into the sports world. That's more like my brother and another friend I have. They just know literally everything about sports ever. But I, even as a casual, I knew like, holy moly, that is a game changer as well. What what are your thoughts on at least that form of justice for all NCAA athletes to like finally make money off of their hard work and the viewership they bring in and using their social media for endorsements if they want or whatever it is. Like, how do you, how do you see that development? Yeah. I mean, I think it's huge and I think it's just like, it's so long overdue. Like I feel like when yeah. you really like looked into it, it's, it was kind of ridiculous. Like the conversation that was being had. Cause when you really think about if I was a student at a university who was a musician, who was an artist, um, even if I strictly only did photography, no one would be questioning me being a student and also making a profit right. from my craft off the right. work, you know, what I'm contributing, um, whether I was on academic scholarship or not. But for some reason, there was just a complete no-no for us to be athletes and to profit off of who we are and doing things off the court entirely. That's basically what the argument really was. And so I think it's long overdue. Um, I think you're going to see just some shifts in how schools recruit and what you can offer really universities. And I think bias obviously but UCLA and schools like it you have such an upper hand because when it comes to branding and networking and who you're going to be beyond just on the court and on the field and just your internet presence like it's hard to compete with the LA's the New York's and schools of that nature um, but I think it's such a big win for athletes and I think it's just going to continue to trib- contribute to just how you start to listen to student athletes and one of my friends was on the panel that went and spoke to um, the Senate actually about it. And they had realized like, we've been talking about this for years and years and years. And they were like, we've never talked to student athletes. Like we've never asked you all your thoughts, your experience and how you feel about some of these rules. And so I think just going forward though, process just how much it really will make a difference just to kind of hear the voices that people are actually experiencing this. Cause you have so many people answering for us who don't do our day to day and they don't experience what it's like to be a student athlete and even as much as you talk about the full ride and I was definitely fortunate to be one there's so many athletes who aren't full ride athletes and they still can't profit off of who they are um right. so still having to you know fork money over for their own bills and for whatever they need to do and just enjoying college on the side of being an athlete and so I think it's huge I'm so excited I can't wait to see what my teammates end up getting into and just the branding and the contracts that they get to lock up on but I think it's long overdue so I'm definitely glad to see some change happening with them on the NCAA side you know, one of the weird, I would say weird just because I don't know what I'm talking about, but one of the interesting parallels I see with it, and again, I, I respect your opinion. Like, uh, I I admit when I'm not very educated in a specific area, so I don't want to argue for or against anything. I'm, I'm really just interested in learning people's opinions, but I see an, an interesting parallel, maybe I'm wrong, between this NCAA development and say uh, reparations. And here's one of the reasons why I see an interesting parallel. And I'm not, again, arguing for or against it. I'm actually bringing up sort of an argument of like what people talk about generational wealth. So mm-hmm. one of, I think one of the arguments I've heard, correct me if I'm wrong, if you even are, know it as well, is one of the arguments for for like reparations and things like that is is generational wealth, right? It's not just, oh, you're just paying someone because of, of course, hor- horrific things that happened in the past. It's because of that over generations, populations haven't been able to accumulate as much wealth because of their inability f- from what was happening well over 100 years ago. 
I see an interesting parallel with that and even with sports and not, it, it not being racial, but the fact that you've held people back for so long at advancing that it's, it's a reckoning now. How, how many thousands and countless thousands of college uh, students have not been able to make money off their craft yeah. because of some rule? Yeah. And then let's use just use, use athletes as an example. They could potentially, some of them, not all of them, but they could make hundreds of thousands, maybe some of them millions of dollars as college athletes. Right. And let's just say something happens and either a, they can't make it into the professionals B they don't want to or C they get injured or something like that. At least they would have had that wealth or whether what they did with their money they earned in college is up their choice. They can waste it, yeah. but they would at least have that opportunity to, to generate wealth as adults. They're adults. You guys are adults 18 and over. Exactly. But so for literally decades, College yeah. students have been held back from wealth building as well because of some stupid rule. Obviously, yeah. again, I'm not equating that to slavery, yeah. but yeah. I feel like we're at a reckoning in society now where little by little, I guess, some sort of change is happening in certain areas where I think people are, are realizing like, this is not fair. Like certain populations are being held back like it or not because of multitude of reasons. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that kind of thought of being held back from different demographics, yeah. whether it's college students being African-American and whatnot? You, did, what do you think of like this sort of reckoning and little bit of change we've experienced the last year or so? Yeah, no, I think, I think like you said, like obviously the severity can be compared to just the gravity of slavery, but especially when you think about the multitude of um, minority athletes that do compromise these different um, athletic departments across the country. So you talk about the most revenue sports being football and men's basketball. Well, realistically, the most successful programs are going to be composed mostly of black athletes. Um, so it, it's almost painfully ironic. Right. We're talking about almost the same group of people um, right. who are being denied. And so, and I think even a gross oversight for some people is that, well, you talk about, well, as soon as you graduate, you can go ahead and be a professional athlete, but we completely exclude the reality of gymnastics. If you don't make the Olympic teams, that's really yeah. it. Yep. it. But it's a huge, huge sport. Like our team, they sell out Polly Pavilion. And I mean, you have Nia Dennis going viral, and but she can't make a dime off of that. And it's like, like you said, you could just mm. accumulate so much wealth, at least to set yourself up and figure out what's next and not have to be kind of rushing into just professions because well, sports ends for you in college ends. And so you don't even have the chance of going pro. Same thing with softball. We have Rachel Garcia, who's a phenomenal pitcher and has been a stud in her four years here, but she couldn't make a dime off of that. And so I think that's huge of what you're saying and just the comparison. And so I think it's like you said, I think, I think bit by bit, our country is taking a long time to get there with so many different right. issues. But I think, especially this last year, everybody being inside and having nothing but time to be on social media and see these videos and see these stories and to just hear people's opinions on things. I think we're coming to a, a point of people are kind of saying enough is enough. And so they're saying my generation is stubborn and not taking no for an answer as much. And I'm definitely here for that input on it just because it, it's, I think it's time for things to change. Things have been so traditionally done and people have just said it's okay just because that's the way things have been done. And I just think from racial standpoint, gender and how student athletes are handled, I just think across the board, there's so much, control and input from people who already have the power, who already have the wealth and who are putting in an opinion that they really didn't have to experience anyways on their own front. So I think it's definitely long overdue and I'm hoping it can trickle into the other things like gender equality and the racial equality that we're working on. Definitely. Yeah. It's a uh, man. I mean, the last year has been crazy. Uh, so I'm, I'm in the California Air National Guard. So we had to respond to all these different types of things, including, civil unrest and protests and insurrections and oh my lord it has been yeah. what a year in america um it is i mean ugh, it's exhausting and to be honest with you like i feel like there's it's a whole nother conversation but i think there's pros and cons to social media as well i i mean yeah. so i work you know in the military and i work in you know 
defense and cybersecurity and things like this. And I, I see some some negatives for social media as well yeah. from, you know, propaganda, misinformation, disinformation, uh, influence operations from foreign uh, countries trying to divide us. So I actually feel like I'm kind of split um, because there's it's weird, you know, so I, I really believe social media is is like a tool um weird analogy i'm just gonna say it. it sounds maybe it sounds dumb like a gun or anything else it depends how you use it it could yeah. be for defense it could be for attack it could be for hunting and survival whatever that's a gun swiss yeah. army knife the, the social media has become a very dynamic and scary thing uh in my opinion and uh, believe it or not that's kind of why I took a little bit of step back from it because um, I just kind of got a little bit burned out from it too. So I think we also must admit like the, um, the risks of social media in many ways. Um, I, I feel like for whatever reason, the social media and the internet in general, the default kind of behavior for people is sort of to be mean um and maybe that's just because it's so because you're 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 physically dislocated from the people you're interacting with like you would people say and do things they would never do in front of someone or yeah. say to their face they're protected by a screen and a keyboard and whatever it is you know but i just i also just feel like you know especially last year seeing all the different stuff from the presidential election from uh, social justice things, BLM and, 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 uh, you know, whatever certain groups on the, on the right as well. And I just feel like, I don't know. I, I, I'm conflicted that social media is going to necessarily be the best way for progress. It, it helps. And there's great examples of it, which we've talked about some of them, but I also feel like in certain ways it's, it's, it's driving us apart yeah. because now people, uh, they, you know, they get on, some people are just like, uh, just posting stuff like, Oh, I, su I support BLM or whatever it is. And they're just doing it because it's trendy, frankly. Yeah. yeah. Some and a lot of people obviously do support it, and that's and that's cool too. And then and then it starts creating dynamics between people, and it's not just BLM. Let's put in any type of social yeah. justice or political thing. And now all of a sudden, people are judging each other based on this stuff or what you post or what you don't post or you like or you don't like. Yeah. And now, if you like, don't post something about this or you don't say something about this, then you're you're either with us or against us. So also, I don't know. I know I'm ranting a little bit, but I've just I've been increasingly concerned. Also, believe it or not, the potential is awesome. With social yeah. media for social justice and things like that but the potential for destruction and polarization of society has also already been demonstrated and that scares me too yeah i think what's so hard and i think that's even been the hardest part with like me wanting to get in diversity work is that there's so much of like educating that needs to happen but there's like a big chunk of just reconciliation that has to happen as much as you want to kind of rid yourself of people with certain malice and just ill intent like the reality is like we're all kind of gonna be sharing a space reality is um and so i think that's the hardest part is getting to that point of reconciliation but i think what you said is huge but i think it was hard just we went through such a huge part in our history last year with um george floyd brianna taylor um the election itself covid and i just think all of that being while we're at home i think yeah. was beneficial because you everyone kind of had to face it like you, you right. were to see it um and you just couldn't choose to be ignorant really at that point you could take right. your side but you were going to know what was going on just because of the world was on pause but i feel like also because of that it was like the first time ever that everybody was in their pockets of their world and so it's very rare that you're always surrounded by people who have the same opinion of you and so that's what we experienced right. last year and so you have these and i mean we were guilty of it. you have these height and just peak of emotions and just for whatever side you were on it was a strong feeling there was just too much going on for you to just be neutral through it all honestly um and so i think that's what made it so difficult is now is 
we're kind of coming out of our houses slowly, but surely it's like, well, now we just had a year of just, like you said, it was just divisive. It really was, whether it was the racial stuff and then you had the election and then we even finished the pandemic up with the, the Asian hate that we've been seeing. And so I think that's what was so hard is that people weren't at work. You weren't even like able to go to church, like any of these spaces that you had people of different um, races, socioeconomic status, just even just different beliefs and values, we were all just so separated. And so I think that's going to be the hardest part moving forward is getting to a place of, even if you don't always agree, I think that's just what's like hard. And like, I'm really big in my faith with kind of just getting back to a space of just like compassion and caring for each other. And I feel like that's kind of what we've grown to lose in one another. And that, I mean, obviously I get frustrated that people have a opposite view of me and with the racial justice and where things need to go in our country. But like the reality is like, I'm called to love everybody. And so as hard as that is, and as some days I feel like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, that's just what we're here to do. And so I think that's something that we've really lost. And I think that's what's going to be the hardest to recover. Because like you said, it was a full year of just like this side and this side. Like, and there is no gray area. There's been no middle ground to be found. And there's been no one even really attempting to build a bridge. It's just, you're here or you're here. And that's it. Like, no one really trying to switch and understand the other side. And I think that's the hardest to kind of sift through. And I, and I get it because so much of it is like it's personal and it hits home for so many yeah. people. So it's hard for me to be able to look a person in their face. And for me, for an example, like if I don't feel like you value my life, that's hard to talk through, to unpack. And so I think that's what's hard. But I mean, it has to happen moving forward. Like, And that's what we've kind of talked about in our program is just the conversations can be uncomfortable. They can they can feel like they're kind of stuck in moments, but like they just have to happen. Otherwise we're all going to continue to retreat back to our corners and not really get anywhere. And if we don't start creating that gray area, then we're just going to continue forward, just kind of building up the callous and just hate for one another. And then we're going to be a bigger mess than we were this last year. Oh man. It's, uh, oh, yeah. it's crazy time. It's crazy. Time. Okay. We got, we got in some, we did some heavy stuff. I gotta, I know you, you don't have, uh, that much longer. I want to get into a couple interesting questions. I think too for the introverts RS audience. When did you realize that you were an introvert? Was there a specific time? Was it gradual? Did you read something? Take a test? Like I'm interested to know uh, when you were like, yeah. when you just knew like, oh, I'm an introvert. Like, it was totally not until by label. It wasn't until my freshman year of college. So like my coach our coach coach shannon she's big on like personality quizzes and uh-huh. love language like when you come in like at the start of the season every year like she gets everything in so they can know how to coach us best and you know your teammates best and you know yeah. how not to piss somebody off because you're loving them the wrong way it's like i mean she's big on that stuff so we had taken um the one sixteen personality test and so that's uh-huh. when i first like saw the label with me being an introvert and so really looking back, we had realized like, I I totally always have been like, my mom always talks about like, I was the youngest in my family, but like, there could be moments like I would just be ducked off in my room, like doing nothing or playing a game, but just, I was always totally fine being by myself. Like, and it wasn't like a angry thing or like an attitude. I was just okay being alone. Like I enjoyed (laughs) being by myself, being in the quiet. But then definitely when I got to college and just, we would talk about it and kind of process like, oh, like you introverts are doing da 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 da. And like, I would realize like, that's me. Like I get burnt out. Like we're talking too much. This is too much social time. And so, which was cool because there's so many people on our team who are introverts. And so it was great to kind of find other introverts because like we'll hang out and not say a word. But like to us, that was a good day. Like we hung out, like we spent time together. And so it was definitely my freshman year where like, I was like, so there's a word for it. I wasn't just yeah. like, I'm an introvert. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because there's so many like uh, stereotypes and stigmas and things like that. You're shy, you're antisocial, like you said, or whatever. Fill in the blank with something. Uh, you're snobby or yeah. whatever it is. And uh, yeah, you know, I think I was, you know, I didn't really know what the word meant either until I was maybe 22 or something. I took one of those tests. And the same thing, I was like, I was like, I don't know. This was, I was 22, like 12 years ago. I'm 34. So it was a while back. It was like sort of pre-social media. All we had was really Facebook back then. And um, I took a test and I was like, man. And then the crazy thing is I've retaken it a couple of times too. And when I read it, 
I'm like, oh my God, this thing knows me better than I know myself. So, uh, yeah, it's putting like, words for things you didn't even label. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, no shot at like astrology or whatever. I know some people are into that. No, 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 no. It was specific. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like in depth. Yeah. Um, it, it was like intrusive. Uh, like, it, yeah. I mean, it's, but frankly, it's based on over like a hundred years of psych psychology. So, um, it's a scientific kind of, it's a scientific, um, uh, definition of, of a personality, uh, disposition. So, um, I was, yeah, when I learned it too. I was like, I'm an introvert. I'm like, what? <laughs> mm. And then I was like, oh, I guess I am. And just like you, I look kind of thought back about childhood and things like that and just kind of was introspective, like an introvert did. And I was like, I guess I am, huh? Yeah. I, like, huh I never really thought of myself as one, but that's cool. And so that's kind of how I figured it out too, just taking a little test. And yeah. then obviously the rest is history. But um, now I just kind of, it's really interesting, like, I, I see some another, I have some weird comparisons and I don't know if they're true or not or whatever, but I believe it or not, I kind of relate it to like the LGBTQ community. And again, some people are like, wait, 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 they, well, that is again, I understand certain demographics have had horrific pasts. So I'm not equating it, 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 at, it in, in, at that level. But what I mean is that it's, introverts and i've you know built the introverts or as community is an interesting community that actually really has been made fun of misunderstood um undervalued forever yeah. um because we live in an extrovert world society is built for extroverts um, um positive personality traits people who are successful these are all extroverts in general right so introverted personality types and behaviors and stuff has kind of been shunned forever so yeah. that's where i draw the parallels of introverts being part of a community in in a way that is has had some level of discrimination and i know people might find that weird but if you think about it you i could point out countless examples of how oh, that's actually true violence and things like that maybe not as much i i agree that's why they're it's different but right. i don't know what do you what do you think about now that i brought up an interesting analogy like that of, of introverts being part of a kind of a discriminated community in some ways what, what do you think there's some some cre credible yeah i could i could definitely see the comparison in some elements especially just in the sense of like i never thought about like when you think about what's considered like the acceptable like personality like Right. Even I, I just I was in New York last week and I was talking to a friend and like she didn't realize I was an introvert and I was I was telling her I was like well you're an extrovert I was like I gotta meet you where you're at because you don't meet me where I'm at so we're talking the whole time we're together because you talk a lot and so like but even just her thing she's like well like introverts are like those are like the weird ones like y'all just stand at yeah. parties like and don't say things like it's true because you have to either shed kind of like your natural instincts of how you want to be and conform to them or all the kind of stereotypes come up and it's like, God forbid you just don't want to talk all day. Like you kind of have to either conform, like they're the standard of like normality. I never thought about that, but that really right. is extroverts are the standard. And then we're kind of like the weirdos or the shy ones out of the bunch. Exactly. I mean, frankly, if you ask the average person to, just let's say randomly ask people like a survey or something like what their thoughts on introverts are. Those are the type of words they're going to describe. So to me, like what, I mean, it's one piece of evidence, but what better evidence do you need to, to prove the point that they're discriminated against or misunderstood or, or valued? Like, so that's kind of, believe it or not, one of the reasons why I've been so passionate about building this community, which is, I think some people find ironic, but it's a digital community. It's not like we're all meeting up right. um, because I feel like, I mean, it's obvious when I post things like the posts get crazy engagement because people relate to it. So They're like, wow, that's me. Someone really? actually like saying my thoughts and how I feel, you know, and it, a lot, most of my content's just memes, but it, it goes deep to yeah. people because it's truly part of our identity. Yeah. Uh, like all the other things we talked about. That's why I do find some parallels there that 
um, it, it really brings us together. It's like yeah. sort of a common cause, a, a common uh, just belief system, common experience, right? Like any other demographic who's been through some, through some things, you have common experiences yeah. and a lot of them are negative. And, yeah. and like it or not, that brings you together because you feel like you're in some kind of fight. Uh, yeah. You have some common aspirations and stuff like that. So I know that's crazy. I'm a white male clearly. And I'm over here talking about discrimination and stuff like that. Um, but, 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 but I temper it with, you know, I'm, I'm being realistic of the things yeah. I've experienced, but others have experienced a lot more. Um, so I, ju I just, I just feel like it's a really interesting topic. And that's one of my passions clearly that I really want to get out there more and actually talk about like these yeah. things, because I've yet to, when I really have a conversation like I am with you now with people, I, I've never had anyone be like, huh, no, I don't No, That ain't true, man. Or like, that's, that's ridiculous. People be like, wow, I never actually thought about it. that's kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so having said that, I think what ties into some of the previous topics we're talking about is being African-American, mm -hmm. being a woman, being a woman athlete, being younger, yeah. being an introvert, certain people like yourself have many layers uh, to their identity that 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 create challenges um, socially, um, economically, um, just you know, uh, occupationally, and things like that. Do you do you ever really reflect on that kind of stuff? Do you, do you think about it like that? Does it give you a chip on your shoulder? Does it energize you for change? Does it? Uh, do, do, what do you think about having so many layers to you of adversity? Uh, how how does it how does it affect you? Yeah, uh, I think it's why my last couple years um, I've like really delved into mental health, especially just like with my own self, um, and so I think. It definitely being an introvert makes you more aware of what's going on. Um, but at the same time, like you said, because of all these other identities, like I've become just so hardwired to just be a perfectionist. And but then with that perfectionism has come just a genuine issue with anxiety. Um, and so just kind of trying to navigate all this while being a, a D1 athlete at this power five school and I have these big professional ambitions of what life needs to look like when the ball goes flat. And so um, it's just all this going on. But then, like you said, I'm still at the same time, like I am this, I'm at UCLA, I'm a basketball player, um, I'm a young black woman. So the reality is there is this expectation. And as much as there's an expectation already in place, I have my own expectation that I wanna be that much better of what society's already deeming what I'm gonna be capable of. and so. I always, I for sure always had a tip of my shoulder just about deeming that like, I go to UCLA as a basketball player, but I'm more than capable of being there as a student. Like I could have gotten in at that test right. for my own merit. And so there's always this pressure to me. And like, I remember I came into college and like, I'm gonna graduate in three years. Like they're like, we don't do that here. I'm gonna graduate three years. Like I'm like, y'all may not do that here, but yeah, I don't know what the previous athletes have done. And that's great. Kudos to them. But like I'm graduating in three years and I'm starting my master's while I'm still on the team. And so um, I think just stuff like that, but then at the same time, kind of trying to juggle like the mental health side of things. And so I think that's just been kind of why I'm big on trying to be honest and open about it. Cause I think it's, it's something that's not really talked about in the black community. Um, as women, there's this expectation of like how you manage your emotions without coming off hysterical or yeah. um, just the they're going to label you, you know? And so yeah. it's like, how do you manage all of these stereotypes and you're trying to defy these things and you want to continue to break down barriers and smash glass ceilings. But at the same time, like you have to take care of yourself. Like, and you have to be realistic that like, you're not doing great. Like you're not juggling it all super well mm -hmm. and that's okay. Like stuff gets hard. And so yeah. I think that was, I'm so grateful. I was a part of my basketball team at the same time, just because there was times when just like the anxiety was just unbearable. And so um, good and bad basketball was kind of a chance to reveal it. And I would have like these panic attacks and it wasn't, we realized it really, it wasn't about basketball. It was just about how like Lauren processes and like the weight of the world I was trying to carry by myself and, it's never as serious and as dire as it feels and just getting everything hundred percent right just isn't realistic. Um, but I think that's just some things that like just needs to be talked about as an introvert. They don't really talk about how right. 
self-aware you are and how much you really can sit in your thoughts and um, that same coach, Coach Shannon, she's actually an introvert. And so it's been really cool to kind of grow my relationship with her and talk to her. And she's even just told me like how when she's introverted, like the overthinking side of things that like people oh. don't teach you about and just nights you can just sit there and just thought after thought after thought. And, oh, yeah. well, now I have to think about this and that didn't go well. And well, then in a couple of months you have to do this. And like, it's just never ending. And like, so the outside world, you're, you're good. Everything's fine. But like when you're home by yourself and just things just yeah. compound. And so I think that's just like such a big part. And like you said, like having all those identities is so complex. But I think for me, it kind of helped me as much as it's hard to struggle through. It helped me kind of realize I'm passionate enough and I want to kind of grow and kind of taking the stigma off of mental health. And I feel like that's been kind of the, we talk about as a society, but we're still not quite at the point of like deeming that like it's okay when things are hard and that it's not as movie pretty as we make it out to be. And that there's some days that like things are crippling, like, and you just feel like the next day is just impossible. And so I feel like that's something I'm trying to help kind of show people that like, you saw me graduate with two degrees and you have all these pictures of me smiling and games and going to community service events. And like, I had a blast at UCLA, but like at the same time, there were days and there was weeks that were hard and that my coaches and my teammates had to drag me through those weeks at times. And so, I think that's something I'm trying to, which is hard again, because that takes a lot of talking and a lot of <laughs> unpacking with people. Mm-hmm. But that's something I'm trying to grow in and just being honest with people, because I think it's something that we don't honestly talk about enough. You know, we'll tell people like, oh, take care of yourself and mental health matters, but like people aren't on a large scale willing to explain, like, well, what did your hard days look like? And like, yeah. what did through those look like for you? And I think it's so much easier just to slap a band aid on them and make a pretty sticker about things, but like, it's an ugly topic at times, like, and it's not um, a copy and paste kind of solution to things. And so I think that's just something I'm trying to help shed more light on and just providing people kind of the comfort in the space um, to just generally be okay, not being okay. And as cliche as it is, like, sometimes that's what it comes down to. I think it's hard because we're such a productive society and it's like, well, you got to get up, you got to get paid. Like the next day has to come and you got to do what you got to do. But that's something I'm trying to work through and, Kind of, yeah, just keep providing like awareness towards because I think it's something that we have a lot of progress that needs to be made with it and just the resources provided. Well, I'm really glad you said that. Uh, as you could tell, I had a, I had this little banner already ready. Um, <laughs> and the reason for that is I have done a few Instagram story polls and asking the introverts or us audience how many how many people either know or believe they suffer from some kind of mental health issue. Mm-hmm. And 86% said yes. And I was like, I'm on to something here. Um, yeah. because I did actually I did some research later on, but initially I was like, I don't know if anyone knows this. I mean, 86% is incredibly statistically significant yeah. of basically an epidemic of a population. Yeah. And I understand my audience is only oh like 250,000 at that time. Mm-hmm. But I think that's still statistically significant yeah. um sample size to show that mental health is a massive issue in the we're going to be topical here, the introvert community. Yeah. Of course in the wider population as well. Yeah. But definitely 86% in the introvert community. I was shocked and scared and I was like Okay. So the reason I bring that up is because that's one of the missions of introverts are us actually is to much like you said, I want to, I want to give people confidence that they can talk about mental health, that we can all, we can all talk about it as if it's normal because it is normal. Like if someone hurts their knee, it's whatever. But if someone says they're depressed, then there's a stigma. Again, it's just like other introvert qualities in in a way. It's like there's stigmas for certain things when it becomes intellectual, mental, or emotional. Wrong. So I will join you, and I hope you join me. And I definitely want to keep pushing out a lot of uh, topics and support on mental health awareness. I've done a few Instagram lives uh, where I did charity donations. So I did Instagram live and Instagram built in a, a charity you can like donate during the Instagram live. I've done some of those. I mean, look, money doesn't fix everything, but awareness is big, just like with social justice and things like that too. So I definitely uh, would love uh, to be part of that journey with you. If you ever 
yeah, things to share or topics and you want to talk about mental health or you want me to put something on my story you think is important, please do with that, with that. I know you have to go in a couple minutes, right? With yeah. that, another interesting thing um, that you may not know, and, and maybe the introverts are us audience doesn't know too. Uh, uh, I think 67% of my audience is female. So for that reason, obviously I, I feel a, an, uh, an obligation and also I feel a duty, I guess, in a way to support women and however I can as well. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I don't have a, a percentage on this, but I have a, a significant amount of African-American or, or black followers. I don't know what country everyone's okay. from as well. Yeah. And I, and I honestly, I felt that found that interesting as well. Um, so I'm here to support all the different communities. And I mean that genuinely, I'm not just saying that to sound cool. That is the audience that it are the introverts are us audience is predominantly people apparently who have mental health issues, a predominantly female and a, a, a large population of, of black people too. So the, I bring that up to you because if you're part of those type of move movements and support yeah. and organizations and you need something for me and there's anything I can help. I, I just yeah. let me know, even if it's just posting stuff for awareness, I, I have, I have your back. Um, and okay. I'm going to, I'm going to support those communities regardless. Um, but I just thought that might be interesting to you and interesting to the, to the audience as a whole, um, of the demographics of this page. And yeah. I have a duty, I feel like, uh, and honestly, I'm glad to support, uh, under under underserved uh populations and things yeah. like that so yeah love that yeah all right well lauren thanks so much for giving me your time stay stay in contact like i said of the things i just mentioned too whatever i can do to help you whatever other introverts can do to help you as well um where can people find you online oh here's my little button where can people find you online if they want to get in contact with you say hi follow you my Twitter and my Instagram handle are at Lauren Miller, two underscores. So named straight through with two underscores. Cool. All right. Thanks so much again. Uh, stay in contact with you and in, in the DMs. I appreciate you sharing your story, your insights and things like that. I wish you the best and uh, have a great holiday weekend. Thank you. I'll definitely be in touch. Appreciate you. All right. Bye. Bye.